Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hello, welcome back everyone. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Hi. 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 Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome, Sabbath morning. <laughs> welcome, welcome, Sabbath morning. <laughs> yes, welcome. Your ears have been blessed. They've been blessed with celestial Jesus. Oh, no, with his consecrated oil. Oh. Ew, that sounds so dirty. I don't want <laughs> consecrated oil. To you, it does. Uh, I'm naughty. I'm a naughty lobster. I admit it. Um, <laughs> she admits it, everyone. I, I am. How are you, Katie? I'm good. How are you, Sarah? Delightful. I'm not going to lie, listeners. We've already been chatting for the last hour, so we have nothing new to catch up with. We oh. recorded an episode for our lovely Patreon community. Um, so I have yeah. nothing new to tell. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really fun Patreon episode that Sarah surprised me with, an article that we laughed a lot about it was it was really good I loved it delightful and lots of like scratching your head and being like this is so stupid it's hilarious um yeah Yeah. some of those (laughs) speaking of patreon we have a couple patrons who upped their pledges which always blows my mind so first we have Ezra thank you Ezra for upping your pledge Ezra, you're the best. Thank you so much. Um, And also, Amanda upped her pledge, so thank you. Thanks, Amanda. Ezra and Amanda, you're both amazing. Thank you so much. That is beyond flattering and just really, really just makes my heart warm. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you both. If you guys want to go listen to us over on Patreon and watch us, we have videos over there. Um, I know they're watching us. Um, We were just talking about scary podcasts, so that's on our mind now. But um, (laughs) go over to patreon.com slash not so Molly Mormon. There's always a link in the description box for that as well. You can just click on it and sign up starting at $2 a month and you get all of that content. So go on over there. Go on over. It's a lot more. If you can't get away for, I don't know. I don't know what I'm even trying to say. I had a brain fart in the middle of my sentence. Guys, what is happening? Literally was like, if you want to get away, and I think what I was trying to say, if you can't get enough, but I said can't get away, and then I had a brain fart. So, you know, maybe don't go to our Patreon because you have more of that shit to Okay. Stop it now, right now. We need that. We, we need it. Just kidding, guys. Come. We need you. <laughs> um, but that's all of my announcements. Um, unless you have anything else to announce. And our opening exercises. And our opening exercise. No, I think that's it. Just as always, cool. we, we love you guys and are very appreciative. So thanks yeah. to our patrons and to our listeners and supporters and for all the lovely reviews, which I haven't checked in a while, but I should. Um, Yeah. You guys are so, so sweet on the reviews. That helps us a lot. I recently found out that many podcasts like buy their reviews on Apple podcasts and that's how they get more views. We haven't done that. And you all are incredible in helping us that way. So thank you. Cause that really is, the best way to let people know about us because the more you leave 
reviews and ratings, the higher up we're going to be recommended to people. So yeah, again, thank you so much if you've done that. And if you have two seconds, go over there and do it. Maybe. Thank you. That'd be nice. Just give us five stars. You don't even have to leave us a comment. Just give us but a I like. I love the comments. I, love I do. Nice. I do love them. They make my day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thanks, guys. You're the best. Okay. So for today's topic, um, I'm going to do a blanket like content warning because you'll see in the title, obviously, but we're going to be talking about consent in this episode. And that includes consent in a sexual capacity. And so there's going to be a lot of talk about things that might not be consensual. So if that's something that's hard for you to hear, we completely understand if you don't listen to this one, but we wanted to just let you know that that's going to be coming up if, yeah, you need to pause or skip. That's fine. Exactly. So trigger warning begins now. So you can stop now. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're still here, hi, and let's continue. So let's keep going. All right. So consent I wanted to talk about this. I'll explain what made me think of this later on in the episode, but I just felt like in terms relating to the LDS church, there's a lot of problems when it comes to consent in lots of different capacities. And I thought, you know, it'd be a good topic to touch on. So, yeah, no, definitely. I was very, when Katie sent the topic suggestion for this episode, I was like, huh, that's really, it's quite broad. But I could Uh already think of quite a few areas within the church where that would apply. And I thought, that's a really interesting topic idea. So good job, Katie. (laughs) I'm patting myself on my back for you. (laughs) Yes, do it. Okay. So consent occurs when one person voluntarily agrees to the proposal or desires of another. It has specific definitions as used in such fields as the law medicine, research, and sexual relationships, like I just said. So to begin, I wanted to ask you, Sarah, Sarah, like, what do you think of when you think of consent? And when you were growing up in the Mormon church and a Mormon, were you aware of or taught about consent in, and if so, like, in what way? Um, So I think the first thing that pops into my mind was sexual consent. And Mm -hmm. when we think about the Mormon church, it was a big no, that was never taught. Yeah. Another one I thought of was like, when you join the church, like you're consenting to be a part of this organization. And when you're baptized at the age of eight, I thought like, do you really have consent? Like, are you able to say yes, like I consent? being a member like that was the thing that I because I don't remember when I was you know getting baptized being taught like any of that stuff it was just like yep you're you're eight now get baptized and I didn't understand what that meant oh yeah so that's actually what popped into my head too and I didn't know about consent either I mean I think I knew about it in terms of like a consent form maybe that would be sent home to your parents from school. They had to sign a consent form for you to go on a field trip or something like that, but you had to get your parents consent. I wasn't taught about consent from myself in Mm -hmm. other forms of my life. So I wanted to talk about informed consent a bit. So a lot of times informed consent is, 
used in medical situations. So in that situation, it's a process of communication between you and your healthcare provider that often leads to agreement or permission for care, treatment, or services. And every patient has the right to get information and ask questions before procedures and treatments, right? Like you're completely clear about what's going to happen and what you're consenting to. And And it's like medical consent. Yes. And you're informed about what you're consenting to. So this term is also used in other contexts, such as in social scientific research um, and in all different kinds of research areas and also in sex. Like we mentioned, you're informed about what you're actually consenting to. So I wanted to talk about informed consent in the terms of the LDS church, like you brought up, especially around baptism. Mm, So I just don't think, first of all, an eight-year-old can't have informed consent about joining the Mormon church. I mean, I just think it'd be really difficult because they're so young. But in general, the Mormon church doesn't teach or disclose the actual truth about especially their history to anyone that's investigating the church. No. no. So you can't really be informed about what you're joining. So for example, like the Mormon church actively hides unfavorable facts about the history, like how, you know, like the book of Abraham. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about the real book of Mormon translation very openly. Uh, Joseph Smith's polygamy the how you know they're anti-LGBTQ basically everything in the CES letter it's like they don't openly teach those things and only recently did they put them up on their website on in the form of gospel topics essays but they're still really hard to find so a lot of Mormons don't even know about that stuff and the leaders have obviously known about these things the whole time because why else would the gospel topics essays be there? So they easily could teach this stuff. They easily could be open and honest and say, look, there were these problems, blah, 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 but this is what we believe now. But no, they don't do that. So you are not actually informed about what you're consenting to believe in. Oh my God, that's so true. That's like (laughs) hitting me right now. Like, yeah, you're, you're never taught... You're never informed of the whole story or the whole truth. It's just part of it. Isn't that illegal somehow? Like, I feel like let's all sue the church. Yes. So, girl, this is what I I was thinking, too. This is, like, if, especially in the United States, how the law works, if they, if the Mormon church wasn't recognized as the religion, this would be illegal. Like, they'd be in serious legal trouble because if any like non-religious organization did this, they would have penalties for sure. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Because you're not really disclosing everything and then you're taking people's money and you're not actually telling them the truth. Um, And especially like converts, like I said, missionaries should be telling them the truth, not just the whitewashed version. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really um, unethical and manipulative. And misleading. It's just not misleading. Mm-hmm. But then, like you've said, you've mentioned this quite a few times. Like, I think you even mentioned it last episode that, 
like they put up the little tiny bit about Porter Rockwell on their website to be like, look, see, like we're open about it and we talk about it, but they don't pull up, put up the full truth actually. And it's like the same thing that they do with the gospel topics essays. They point to it and go like, look, we, we don't hide it. It's there on the website, but they do hide it. Most members don't know about it. They don't teach it. That's the problem. Like most members aren't going to go like searching for something that they don't even know is a problem. So. And also, I don't know if you've been to their new, well, I know you have because you, you've used some of the articles, okay. but I haven't gone to their new website in, I don't know, since we did the conference one. And I was just like, what the fuck? They have a redesign now. And it yep. is so hard to find this shit now. Like they do mm-hmm. it on purpose. So you can't find these articles. Like, I spent ages today trying to like, search for things and then I was getting pissed because I was like I don't want to stay on your fucking website more than I have to like <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pissing me off you know and I'm like trying to find it and it took me so long to find like the the study resources or the Sunday school resources on like I was trying to find one in particular on like talking about I mean we'll get to my article later but like sex and chastity and virtue and it was really difficult to find whereas mm-hmm. the old website you could find that stuff easier and like the essays you could find um, all of that stuff. I mean, it was hard, but you could still, if you knew what you were looking for, you could find them. Whereas this new layout, no, no. Yeah. And to me, that's super deceitful and they're not, they're not being honest about what their church actually is and where it came from. And even in certain aspects, like what they teach, they totally whitewash over it. Um, And uh, yeah, the members should be taught the full truth and then be able to decide for themselves, like, am I okay with these problems? And am I going to, quote unquote, have faith anyway and join? Then I guess, fine, go for it. But no, they're almost always, they find out these things. They find out the actual truth. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's in traumatic ways of like, oh, shit, what I've been fed was a lie. And then you're told that you're deceived when you find out the actual truth. It's such gaslighting. It's yeah. it's crazy. And it's like um you you're being deceived because you found out the truth. It's Satan who's leading you yeah. away. And it's like no. It's like no, you lied to me this whole time. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten baptized if I had known all this all this awful stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And um we get comments a lot on especially on our Instagram page, we get comments from members of the church that will say things like, this is common knowledge, like about something that's problematic in the church. And it's just like, no, it's not. That's not common knowledge. None of us knew it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and a lot of the people that are in the church don't know a lot of the problems about the church, which is why they say that we're lying about it when we're not. And, you know, Sometimes people will say, well, that's, you know, the member's fault. Like, they should have researched. But like you said, it's really fucking hard to find. You're not allowed to look outside the church's website. And even on there, it's hard to find. And again, like, imagine this scenario, like I mentioned earlier, at a doctor's office. It's like the doctor doesn't tell you everything about the procedure you're going to have. He doesn't tell you the full risks or the history of wrongdoings or something that has happened in these procedures. He doesn't fully give you everything. You're not informed. And then, and then you, that's okay. 
yeah, but then it's like, oh, but in the in terms of religion, they can just tell you little bits and pieces and expect you to be okay when you realize you really weren't informed and you consented to all of this. It's like, ugh, yeah. It's, Organized religion. <sighs> right? They just get away with so much shit. It's so annoying. <laughs> it, it drives me insane. All right, so in terms of informed consent, that's, what I had uh, in my notes. And now to move on to sexual consent, if you're ready for that, Sarah. I am ready. So those, again, trigger warning, if you've made it past this part and, yeah, we're about to talk about sexual um, consent. So, yeah. yeah. So buckle up. All right. So United Nations agencies and initiatives in sex education programs believe that teaching the topic of consent as part of a comprehensive sexual ed- sexuality education is beneficial. And types of consent include implied consent, expressed consent, informed consent, and unanimous consent. Oh. I was never taught consent in any kind of sex ed. And honestly, the sex ed I got was crap in Utah. Yeah. I didn't get like, sex ed. <laughs> I think I got a diagram of what a penis and a vagina looked like, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing about safe sex or sexual consent at all. So no, off to a bad start. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so express consent is one that is clearly and unmistakably stated rather than implied then implied consent is inferred from a person's actions and the facts and circumstances of a particular situation. And unanimous consent is general consent by a group of several parties. And then we already talked about informed consent. And it needs to be noted that some individuals are unable to give consent, as in children, which we, we talk about when we talk about Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and all those old men, or just, I guess, middle-aged men, who married 13-year-olds. Those are children. You can't, they can't give their consent. They cannot give consent, no. And that's, yeah, that alone, I feel like if I had known, like, really thought about that, and known how awful that was as a child, I'm like, no, I don't want to be a part of this church. That's awful. No, because you think about it, it's like, you can relate at that age in the sense that it, you can be like, that's my age. Like, I wouldn't want to marry some, yeah. you know, old man or man in his 30s, 40s, however old he was. Like, that's fucking, ugh. It's oh. gross. And it's illegal and you can't give consent. This yeah. also applies to anyone who might have a disease or disability when they're unable to give consent. And it also applies to someone who is too intoxicated to consent. Very important to remember, people. That exactly yeah. because just because someone's drunk doesn't mean they give their mm. consent to have mm. sex. So. Nothing is consent unless it's actual consent, like a dress yeah. is not, you know, what they're wearing, whatever. Not okay. So I want to get to the what made me think of this topic. This kind of yeah, I'm very in. curious. So. Going around on, I think I found this on ex-Mormon Reddit. It's a photo of a flyer that was handed out for a stake dance, a stake youth dance, like announcing that it was going to be happening. And this, yeah, this flyer was given to the young women 
of the stake. So if you guys don't know, I think you know by now, but a stake is a group of wards. So it's like a group of congregations. So there's a lot more kids than normal that go to these dances. And I wanted to read you the flyer. So it has, oh, no, I'm getting so nervous already. I'm just like, yeah, oh. just imagine you're like 14 years old and you get this flyer for the upcoming church dance. It says, number one, get ready for the dance. Paint your nails, wear a little lip gloss, and don't forget to brush your teeth. Okay, that's, I mean, beyond the obvious there, it's also clearly written for people who are privileged and have a roof over the head and water <laughs> to brush their teeth. And Oh, yeah. yeah. <sighs> number two. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Don't forget what the approved dress standards are when choosing your outfit. You don't want the embarrassment of being asked to go home and change. And you don't want the guy dancing with you to feel uncomfortable because of the questionable outfit that you somehow justified. Oh, my God. Fuck right off. That makes me so pissed. Doesn't that piss you off? Yeah. You don't want the embarrassment of being sent home. And you need to protect that boy who might be looking at your cleavage or whatever whatever he's gawking at it's your fault yeah fucking shoulder or elbow or calf or th like yeah what what is it you know like yeah and these, these right are, off also like we said these are children they're like 14 15 years old and you're sexualizing their bodies already oh uh, I'm gonna be so angry in this whole episode just you guys give you fair warning because I'm also on my period and I just hate the fact that men don't have periods so I'm like Fuck everyone <laughs> yeah. who doesn't have to go through this every month and then tell me I have to feel empathy and have to, like, think of their concern with this topic right now. Oh, yeah. Like, think of what they're looking at, Sarah. You're oh, I hate it. Number three, go with a friend, but don't be joined at the hip. No guy is going to interrupt the highly intense conversation that you seem to be having with your girlfriend every time he walks by. Because that's the ultimate <laughs> goal is to get the guy's attention. Like, what if you just want to go and have fun with your friends? But also, <laughs> what if you like women or like, oh, well, yeah. I don't want to fucking talk to a guy. I'm, I'm attracted to a woman. Like, ugh. That's not even in their realm of reality. They just assume yeah. everyone is straight. Um. All right, number four. Could you imagine, sorry, I just had a thought. Could you imagine what a depressing world it would be if everyone was straight? Oh, God. Like, it just gave me the sads when That's, I thought about that. Yeah, no, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> I can't either. It literally gives me such sads. Okay, sorry. Such a depressing yeah. world. <laughs> Sarah's taking it down. <laughs> I am. I'm taking it down, period. I tell you guys. So happens. Yeah. But, oh, so sad. I don't want to go down that route again. Never again. I can't well, Sarah, so be prepared yeah. to be upset because this is the worst point of them all. Oh, no. Number four, never say no to a guy who had the courage to walk over and ask you to dance in the first place. A song lasts approximately three minutes. It's not that bad. Guys, my blood is boiling right now. Can you hear that? Can you hear mm -hmm. the pot is overflowing? From I the hear the kettle a squealing. Yeah. Oh, that's so awful. And you know, the thing is, I remember being taught this as well. I remember young women leaders telling me, 
just say yes to every dance. I remember as a young woman leader telling that to the young women in my class, being like, just say yes to have one dance and that's all. Fuck that. You don't have to have any type of interaction with anyone you don't fucking want to. No, again, this is teaching the opposite of consent. This is teaching you that you don't own your time or your body or your choices. This is teaching you, you have, you never say no. And it's just so gross. Like the connotations of like, never say no. It only lasts so long. It's not that bad. I mean, hello, that's literally like sexual assault. It is. And I'm like, even if I just think back to all the Mormon dances that I said yes to guys who I did not want to say yes to. And that feeling of just intense discomfort and just waiting for the song to be over and feeling like, very uncomfortable with their touching like if it even if yeah. it was just touching my shoulder my back I was like I don't want to do this but I'm forced to be polite as well and like mm-hmm. pretend to have a conversation and right. oh I hate well and just even you know I could I don't know it's it's horrible I think all around it's horrible you should never teach anyone something like this but um I think this is just, this is where it begins that you start teaching young women in particular that they can't say no to men. So it leads into bigger things where they can't say no when men try to do things with them sexually that they don't want to do, especially when they're married to that man. And I don't think that a lot of um, women in general, but just people and married people realize that, you know, you can be sexually assaulted by your spouse. Yeah, you, you still by yeah. your spouse. Yeah, you still so. need consent. But this way of thinking of saying never say no, he got up the courage to ask you, so don't say no and just deal with it for as long as it lasts. It'll be over soon. And it makes me feel sick to my stomach because that's teaching those young girls to think that way and always saying yes, even if they don't want to do it to with a man or exactly. so anyone, right? It breaks yeah. my heart, and maybe, maybe I shouldn't record when I'm, like, this emotional and on my period, because I'm sure I'm going to say way too much info on this episode. But it's just crazy, like, thinking about being a Mormon and not having this sense of, I don't have to say yes. Any, like, you know, because as a Mormon, you're always taught, like, yeah, and especially women, you have to say yes, you... You know, if you get married, you have to always please your husband. You have to always say yes. Like there is, as Katie and I are talking about, like absolutely no consent. And now that I'm like obviously out of the church and in a really healthy, wonderful marriage, I can say marriage now. I know. It's still like it kind of blows my mind every single time that even though we're in a, a relationship and we're married, like Greg still asks for everything you know what I mean like it's always mm-hmm. like to get my consent before anything goes forward mm-hmm. and and I don't just mean that sexually I mean like in general and I just think yeah. like shit that's how a healthy like relationship is and being taught that you just because you're in a, a relationship your partner doesn't owe like you don't owe your partner anything you don't have to do mm-hmm. anything especially sex wise like in any type of sexual con- situation you don't have to be like Oh, but there, you know, I was taught that like, I'm supposed to say yes. And I'm supposed to always be, you know, ready and just wanting to and blah, 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 or in the mood. And and that's not the case. Like Mm-mm. in any type of healthy relationship, consent is so important. And it is such a 
basic foundational part of the relationship that you should feel comfortable to say no at any point without mm-hmm. any reason or having to fear that your partner will be upset with you if you say that. Oh, exactly. Exactly. 100%. And it breaks my heart. Like you said, it breaks my heart that these young people are not being taught that. And I know we weren't, so we didn't understand how it worked. And they're still not being taught that, but they're being taught the opposite in that you need to always say yes. And it leads to such dangerous and harmful and traumatic situations where you say yes, even if you don't want to. And also it empowers and emboldens the men to do things that they shouldn't do that yep. violate, um, that violate the other individuals. So yeah. ugh, it makes and, me feel sick. And it's also sad. I mean, this is something that I, you know, just basically until I met Greg. So what, like three, four years ago, like was just coming to the sense of knowing that like, actually I do have to get, like, I, I am the one who gives consent, not the other mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was taught in the church that I, I wasn't taught in the church. So I had no idea. I had no concept. I always blame myself. So when things happened to me before, you know, when I just left the church or when I was in the church, I always blame myself and was like, well, you know, I, I'm not supposed to say no. Or like, I, I, you know, it was my fault for not saying anything. It's like, actually, no, it was their fault for not asking or mm-hmm. for not checking in. Like, it's not on me. It's not no. on me. Yeah. Yeah. You need to get consent before anything happens in mm-hmm. all these situations. So that inspired me to, yeah, ask, yeah, kind of research this topic. And I found an article. It was actually from BYU. And I, I have a couple of pieces from it because I thought it was really interesting and eye-opening uh, and sad, but we'll get through it. There's only a couple of pieces. So According to this article, and they have a lot of uh, sources cited, um, it says that rape is the only violent crime in Utah that has a higher rate than the national average, according to the Health Indicator Report of Sexual Violence from the Public Health Indicator-Based Information System. So other violent crimes in Utah, like aggravated assault, robbery, and homicide, are at least half, if not three times lower than the national average. But but rape is higher than the national average in Utah. That's so disturbing and awful and depressing. Uh, yeah, one in three Utah women have reported being sexually assaulted and one in six have reported being raped. And that is the 11th highest in the whole country, which is saying a lot because it's not as populated as a lot of other places. Um. Many Utahns, including BYU students, will go on famous dating apps like Mutual and they'll feel like they can trust people on these apps. Like, for example, they'll see someone from like pictures from their mission or in like a family setting and they're very trusting of these guys. We've talked about this before. You trust the priesthood holder. Mm -hmm. You think he's going to do the right thing and you meet him and then he does something awful to you. Um, furthermore, according to stats of sexual assault among Utah women, BYU was the campus with the second highest reported occurrences of sexual assault compared to all other schools across Utah. (gasps) Yeah. 
Um, um, wow. Yeah, I think it's a really big problem at BYU. Um, again, because consent, I don't think the men at, at BYU even really, uh, it's just crazy. It's like they don't think they even need to get consent at all. They don't, maybe they don't even know what it is. I don't know. I, they just feel entitled. No, because they're taught Yeah, they, that, they feel entitled. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're taught that they're, you know, God's greatest gift. They're worthy priesthood holders. Like women should be lucky to basically end up with Ugh. it. So they're just Gross. like, I'll do whatever the fuck I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and again, it says in this article, people have a misconception that if the victim didn't yell, fight, or run away, they were consenting to the rape or sexual assault. However, most people don't know that the most natural body response for people who experience sexual assault or rape or facing any form of danger is to freeze. When someone freezes, Their body tenses up and they are unable to move, scream, or fight. According to the Washington Post, everyone has a different response when they are sexually assaulted. And however, many people will freeze. So, well, I mean, that's literally what I did almost every time. Yeah. And I, I just hate so much that people will say like, oh, that doesn't, that means that you consented because you didn't say no. And that's not what consent is at all. You have to be very um what's the word (laughs) like give affirmative consent like yes I want this I'm excited about this not like I'll just lay here while you do this to me that's not consent that's That's not consent yeah and then you know when when victims are are questioned by their what is the word the perpetrator the perpetrator yeah um, of like, well, you didn't say anything. So like, you know, I just thought you were good instead of just saying, oh, you know what? I fucked up. I'm really sorry. It's always like, we well, didn't say anything in the moment. So yeah, it's yeah. awful. And people need to be taught about consent. I, I, it's just such an important topic that is not taught at all in, especially in church, but obviously it's a big problem at BYU. And something needs to be done about it. And these people who do this need to be held accountable, too. You don't, mm-hmm. The other thing that's the huge problem with this is if it even is reported, it's reported to, like, the bishop. It's not actually reported to police. So the people who are committing crimes, violent crimes, like rape and sexual assault, are not paying any price for it. It's just being worked out through the church, which is horrifying. That's stupid. Um, So just to finish this out real quick, um, I just wanted to finish with a little blurb here. It says there are three pillars often included in the description of sexual consent or the way we let others know what we're up for, be it either just a good night kiss or the moments leading up to sex. And they are number one, knowing exactly what and how much I'm agreeing to. Number two, expressing my intent to participate. And number three, deciding freely and voluntarily to participate. To obtain affirmative consent, rather than waiting to say or for a partner to say no, one gives and seeks an explicit yes. And this can come in the form of something that's nonverbal, especially if you like know this person, you're in a committed relationship, you know it can be like a nod, you know, something like that. But Mm -hmm. it can't just be like, oh, you didn't say no, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And it needs to be unambiguous, enthusiastic, and ongoing. So at any moment, you can take back consent. You don't have to finish it out if you get uncomfortable. So that's really important to remember. 
And I just wanted to include a couple of resources here that will be linked in the show notes. But if you live in Utah and need to reach out for some help, there's a really good resource resource called The Refuge Utah. They have a 24-hour sexual assault service hotline at 801-356-2511. And if you're anywhere else in the States, there's the National Sexual Violence Research Center at nsvrc.org. And you can reach out and get help in reporting what has happened to you. So just want to give those resources in case anyone needs them. Oh, thank you so much for doing that. And I hope those who are listening, if if that applies to you or someone you know or a loved one, like, please take advantage of those resources and let us know if there's any way that we can help as well, even if it's yeah, just listening, sure. listening to your story, having your story on air. Like, I, I think it's really important to get that out there. I mean, I know we've talked about this a few times. I've shared one of my stories like it's it's just far too common and the guilt and the blame is always placed on the victim and Mm -hmm. it's it needs to stop like yeah it it doesn't just go as far as you know I feel like now that we're we're in a time where we're finally talking about it you know people seem to think it's just a matter of like well yeah I just I asked but they don't actually listen it's Mm -hmm. more like now yeah we're making some steps and that maybe some people are asking for the other person's consent, but they don't wait long enough to actually hear the answer or it's they're upset because it wasn't the answer that they want. That's still not helpful. Like, no, you have to just be okay with whatever response you get. And that should be it. And I think there's something to be said about instances where there might be abuse of power too, because if there's someone who's perhaps like in an authority position and they claim that they ask consent someone who doesn't have as much authority or power as them might be scared and might physically say yes but that doesn't mean you know there's lots of other factors that go into consent as well and like I said it needs to be enthusiastic and an ongoing not just like okay you know or whatever so it's important to remember exactly Well done, Katie. (laughs) Thanks. What do you have, Sarah? I just have an episode. That's not what I have. I have (laughs) an article. I'm all about articles these days. I love it. (laughs) Um, So I was just curious to see because, you know, the, the Mormon Church talks a lot about what not to do and how not to have sex. But I really wanted to know, like, if they had more... If in any of these conversations, especially with the youth, if they had anything talking about consent and like maybe some of the articles, but from what I saw, zero were there. Oh, they don't have oh. any yet. God, not that some... I saw. Anyway. I mean, and I'm not surprised. You know, you saw that flyer, and then we weren't taught it at all. We were. I mean, I guess we were youths yeah. a little while ago, but. <laughs> I mean, it's been a hot second for it's us. It's been a minute. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if any of you guys know of an article where it talks about consent in the more like a Mormon article, please do share. But from my research today, which granted wasn't extensive, I didn't see anything. But what I did see, like just the first article I found when I was researching on the church website, which I've already talked about is so fucking confusing and annoying now, Mm -hmm. um, is a digital only copy. So it's for their like digital uh, magazine for young adults. 
because oh, she's okay. the only young adult. And it's called Conversations About Intimacy and Sex That Can Prepare You for Marriage. Oh, God, I feel already awkward already. Problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Already. Um, and it's written by Chelum E. Levitt, assistant professor in the School of Family Life at Brigham Young University. They have a middle initial, so it must mean they're important. <laughs> exactly. And this is a relatively new article. So it says, editors note, this article is part of a series in the August 2020 Enzyme regarding oh. having a positive view of sexuality, sexual intimacy, and the law of chastity. Okay. I hate the and, law of chastity, but okay. And then it says the term sexuality means different things to different people. But in this context, we are talking specifically about our sexual feelings and identity. Okay. So I'm not going to read the whole thing. I think if you're interested to see what they're teaching in the Mormon church in 2020 and to young people, I would check it out because it makes your blood boil even more. Um, but okay, so I'm just going to pick like a few things. And this is one. So this is like in the second paragraph in it says, Words undoubtedly reveal your attitudes and influence your behavior. This is especially true when talking about sex and intimacy. Your words can craft an environment about sex that is strengthening and uplifting or the opposite. Words matter! Exclamation point. And the words you use in conversations can foster spiritual, intellectual and emotional intimacy that will help you prepare for a complete expression of sexual feelings in marriage. Okay, wait, so are they saying, like, to not use naughty words? Is that what they're saying? Yeah. Like, don't, like, um, don't sex or talk sexually, but you can talk about intimacy when you're married? I, I'm confused. And also, it seems yeah. boring. <laughs> Basically, and also, you know, I thought, like, okay, here would be the perfect section. You're talking about words. You're talking about communication, conversations. This is, this is the part where you talk about consent. Right here. Yes, 1,000%. This is where it should go. Yeah. yeah. And instead, they're only saying you need to talk about things if it helps you with your feelings in marriage. Talk about intimacy and sex. And it says talking about intimacy and sex at the appropriate times and in appropriate ways is an important part of preparing for marriage. Uh, and you have to, like, mix spirituality in with it, too. Yeah. So it's like, is Jesus in the room when you're talking about sex? But also, yeah, it doesn't talk about how to talk about it or how to get consent and to maintain consent or check that there's consent. It's all about just make sure you just talk about it appropriately, like, that's yeah. ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. I mean, this whole article is really, really bad. And I hate that they use it for youth. Like, this is what we, you know, as as kids were taught and it continues mm -hmm. to go. And then it even says, like, I'm not going to get into all of the points, but they, they talk about the word intimacy. And mm -hmm. they break it down into four different ways that you can be intimate. So there's emotional intimacy intellectual intimacy, physical intimacy, and healthy sexual intimacy. And I'm just going to talk about the last one because it's so ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's just oh, so problematic. Healthy sexual intimacy is a sacred union, a mutual. No, yeah. no, already. Sacred already union. No. Stop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a mutual. I do. I do like this. A mutual giving and receiving of each other's bodies okay. that I do agree with. 
and an environment of trust and respect, I agree with. And then they ruin it with the last part, to deepen loving marital bonds. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. So close. So close. So close. It's like they're almost there, but then they have to throw in the sacred part and the marriage part when it's like, ah, that just leads to all of these things. Yeah, the shame that if it's not happening within marriage, there's something wrong with you and you don't have the spirit or something. Yep. And then it says, this is also in this section of healthy sexual intimacy. It says, the purpose of sexual intimacy is to create children. And <laughs> yeah. Isn't that absolutely like when I read that, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I this mean, but we're not 20. Surprised. Yeah, I know. I, I, it's funny. Cause like, I shouldn't have thought that was as funny, but it's just so like blatant. So absurd. Yeah. It's so absurd. It's like that. Yeah. And I love that. It's just out there. Like that's the purpose of sex is to create kids, not to feel pleasure. No, 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 no. no. And it doesn't even give pleasure as an option. It says the purpose of sexual intimacy is to create children and then it follows up and also to strengthen the emotional spiritual and physical connection between spouses that's it you should see my face right now it's like full-on cringe face like yes I understand how it can strengthen those things but I don't like how it throws in like strengthen your spiritual bond with your spouse it's just putting so much pressure on something that it's like how about maybe sometimes you just want to do it for fun and it feels good and you like the person you're with like I know like we so dodged a bullet like sometimes I think about like oh god if I would have married any of the Mormon guys I dated oh oh man. <laughs> I think we're both just like looking back we're like oh god ew and then imagine like the conversations where what if you know those people who like pray before and after sex I just oh, can't I just I can't. can't I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm like you do you but that to me I just it just ruined it for me yeah like Ugh. just have sex to have fun like I can't imagine like only thinking about sex is in terms of creating kids or deepening my spiritual connection with my spouse like right. I know that that's all like (laughs) but you know the thing is is that we know that married mormon couples unless they're extremely like orthodox we know that they are having sex for pleasure but they just you know they've got to probably work out some guilt when they're at least first married of like oh are we having sex like to to have kids do you feel more spiritually bonded with me now that we have sex it's like it's putting so much pressure on something that yeah it's a it's a wonderful thing to share with somebody but you don't need to add a religious uh aspect on top of it and it gets weirder in this oh god okay because yeah, think about adding that so you know they talk about how you need to add gospel-based ideas for how to talk about sexuality. So it's already gross enough that they're encouraging you to talk to your partner, your spouse, um, in terms of gospel related things. Like talk about sex in terms of gospel yeah. ideas. Yeah, talk about like talk to them, obviously, communicate like we said, and about what feels good to the other person, what you want to do, what you want to try, like what you like, what you don't, but I don't think you need to throw in celestial Jesus. Sorry, no. you just don't. <laughs> He doesn't need to be in there. And especially, so this next section is, and this part, like, 
made me cringe and so pissed. Have clear, plain discussions with parents or leaders. <gasps> no. Yeah. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing. I think that, yes, parents should talk to their kids about yeah, sex. Yeah, um, at, But as, as we know, that doesn't happen as often as it should. But, like, in terms of involving your church, church leader. A.K.A. I, old white dude. Like, no, why does he have to be involved in your sex life? That's yeah. not yeah. appropriate. Mm-mm. And it's really, so I just have to read this section because it's so disturbing. If you were on the edge or the fence already, if this doesn't tip you over, <laughs> just just go. Like, just stop listening <laughs> to us. I just can't. Um, President M. Russell Ballard, Acting president. Do you remember? Do you remember who he is? He's masturbating, Melvin. Yeah, exactly. We have <laughs> masturbating Melvin. Melvin. He's acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. Has encouraged parents to have clear, plain discussions with their children about sex. Okay, great. That's fine. Yeah. You can and definitely should have clear, plain discussions with your parents, church leaders, or <sighs> other adults you trust about sex. But avoid talking about sex casually disrespectfully or crudely with friends or other people since these conversations might lead to wrong ideas about sex and intimacy and may unintentionally make you sexually aroused. Oh my God. I so hate. Don't that. talk to your friends. Mm-mm. And also I hate that. Don't talk about it casually. I think it should be talked about casually because yes. when it has to be so formal and scary, it's like intense. And this leads to, to shame and, all of these other sexual problems later on because you're like, I can't talk about it casually. It has to be so formal. Like, no, you need to be able to talk about it with your family and friends rather casually to understand that everyone's doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and not- also to take the stigma away from, you know, if you are sexually yes. assaulted or raped to yes. be able to say like, actually, no, I need to talk about this. Like, I don't want to have to feel like it's a formal thing that I can't talk about it, which is so common in religious, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like, especially in communities like the Mormon religion, where you're taught not to talk about it. So when you have been sexually assaulted or raped, like, you don't want to talk about it because it's a shame. It's it's something that you're not supposed to talk about. Mm -hmm. I hate it. Um, Oh, I hate it. And just the fact of, like, it says, like, ask a parent or trusted leader about how your body develops sexually, what to do when you feel aroused, and the purpose and blessings of sexual intimacy within Mm -hmm. marriage. No. Mm -hmm. No. Talk to your parents. Yes. Talk to someone you trust. But a leader? No. No. Uh, no, Those people aren't trained to answer that question. Ah. And. Also, the blessings, I'm just, right. <laughs> just the, right. the verbiage of this whole thing is like, it's so entrenched in that Mormon verbiage. And I'm like, uh, just talk about it to them normally. Just have a healthy conversation and teach them consent. There's, yeah, like you said, there really wasn't much in there about in regards to consent or any, there wasn't even anything about pleasure. Nothing. No. Nothing. Um, I don't even. Okay, so this one, this is like the last thing I'll talk. Like, really, go, go read this article because it's 
fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> um, it also goes on to say, like, discuss shared meaning about sex with your fiancé. So, again, you're not supposed to talk about sex at any point. But then if you do get engaged and you're meant to get married, then it says, <laughs> quote, by this stage in your relationship, it might be appropriate to show some physical intimacy and affection by hugging, kissing, or holding hands. But don't forget that it's also a time to continue to learn about each other's emotions, goals, personality, and expectations. Okay, so you're just <laughs> kissing and holding hands. As a couple, you will want to have clear, plain, general discussions about the purpose of sex. The purpose of sex. A.K.A. how many kids do you want to have? <laughs> yeah, Exactly. To avoid letting these conversations lead to inappropriate discussions and actions, it might be best to have these kinds of conversations in times and places where you won't be susceptible to temptation, a.k.a. during the day in a public place, etc. Wow. Okay, so you're going to marry this person. You've committed to this person. You have a ring. Everything is set to go. But yeah. You can talk about it, but don't ever do it in private because then you might do the no-no, which, by the way, once you're married in, like, two weeks, you're supposed to just do all the time and not have a problem with it, even though I just told you don't do it. It's like, what's the difference? God. It's so (laughs) dumb. It's so dumb. And then it goes on. So I skipped a whole bunch of parts that I'm just, like, can't even talk about it without getting insanely enraged. It's, it ends with seeking the advice of a trusted leader, parent, marriage counselor, or reading a book about sexual intimacy that aligns with gospel principles can oh. be helpful. Oh, so yes. it has to be a Mormon doctrine-based book on sex, and that's your resource. Yeah, don't look outside of that. Or don't even go to like a therapist, a sex therapist that is slightly different teachings than the Mormon church like mm, Mm. that's healthy sure (laughs) yeah and it even has a whole section on marriage which I don't have the mental capacity to even get into that today because it is beyond like this section is so problematic it leads to the whole women not feeling comfortable in Mormon marriages to discuss like hey, I actually don't want to have sex, but I feel like I have to because you're just taught that you need to. And you're also, it says, like, now that you're married, it says, quote, I I, I will say this one part. Early marriage is a time of learning about the connections between emotional and sexual intimacy. Um, No, you should know all that shit before you get married. Yeah, yeah. That would be a good thing to know before you legally commit to this person you need to know if you're compatible emotionally and sexually (laughs) yeah and it's like eternal marriages require deliberate intentional choices to exemplify the savior's invitation to love one another make your words loving strengthening uplifting and comforting fostering all types of intimacy bolsters the divine use of your sexuality within marriage Mm. Uh, 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 I'm laughing because it's it's beyond problematic and horrible and you've broken me you've broken me (laughs) sorry (laughs) I I had to do it 
I had um, to share it with someone else and break your entire day, like break your yeah. beat right now. Sarah, have you heard of someone called the transformed wife? Yes. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I think we talked about her a bit. She had that that blog post about how men don't want college graduates with tattoos mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of her big things, she's not Mormon, but she's Christian and she's on like YouTube and Facebook and all that. She has the very strong view that women should never say no to their husbands sexually. <gasps> and I've actually covered one of her videos on Patreon in one of my like response series, but it's awful. And it's like, she, she says it much more blatantly. She says like in the Bible, it clearly says that women are supposed to essentially um, sexually satiate their husbands. Like it's their duty. They can't say no. And she'll just say it outright. And I feel like the Mormon church, they don't really say that, but like they say it in more um, soft terms, um, like they always do, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, they sugarcoat it. So they're not actually saying that, but you get the message that they're so sneaky and deceitful. Like they do it in a way where they can cover their asses and be like, well, we didn't say it. We didn't blatantly say it, but it's like, like, then why do these women all feel this way? It's because of what they've been taught in the church and why do they struggle so, so much with this? And I'm feeling like they can't say no. And who knows, maybe it starts when they're 12 years old and they go to their first dance and they're told by their leaders, you can't say no to any of these boys if they ask you. And then from the rest of their lives, they're just like, oh yeah, can't say no. I hate it. It's it's so it's so problematic. And I just feel like people who have influence like that and they're doing it to say shit like this. Yeah. No. Absolutely no. not. Not okay with it. Kindly fuck right off. Or even <laughs> politely fuck right off. Whichever one. Kindly or politely, I don't care. Do you it. can kindly fuck all the way off. Ooh. Yeah. I am... <laughs> So over it. Apologies slash not apologies for being an asshole today. I am on one, and this I love topic it. makes me infurious. I hate it. As it should. As it should. More people should be furious about this. Um, I bet our listeners are. Thank you all for listening. Again, if you need those resources or if you know anyone who needs them, they will be linked. And again, like Sarah said, feel free to reach out to us if you just want to vent, if you want to tell us any stories the link to our email is always in the description box too so yeah yeah thank you for being here and for getting through this pretty this topic was pretty hard pretty heavy but important so but important yes thank you katie for the suggestion and for covering that it was great oh sarah (laughs) (laughs) we have all the feels all the feels so many emotions but we'll be back next week you guys have a good one Yeah, have a good one, everyone, and lots of love, and we'll chat to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.